Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join your host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word and keep being a part of a great community. This episode contains some mild adult language. Welcome everyone to Animation Communication. More Christmas time, I guess. So um, <laughs> we're going before before we go into. Okay, let me get this out of the way because we're covering um, the Grinch thing that that aired on NBC. We're going to skip all of the Disney headlines this week because <laughs> unless you've been living under a rock, they just like greenlit like. 30 to 40 new things between now and 2022 between Marvel and Star Wars and regular Disney IP. So like we just talked beforehand and I'm like we we can't we can't we can't do both at the same time. Yeah. Some so of come us back to most of them or look, looked at most of them so. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a whole podcast in and of itself. Um so uh that or at least half of one that we'll go into, but um, but yeah, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of mind-boggling. So we're just gonna focus on Grinch because let's focus on one uh, mess at a time here. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the janitor. I just cleaned this place up ten minutes ago. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So joining me um, as usual is Lauren, my co-host. Say hi, Lauren. Yes. Yes. Hello, everybody. Okay. And then we our special guest is uh, Diva slash Musical Hell slash whatever she wants to um, call herself. She's got this cool little devil like avatar thing. Anyway, um, tell the people <laughs> what you do on the internet and like what you do normally. I guess. Uh, well, on the internet, I uh, do a web series where I mostly review terrible musicals on film. Um, but there's a little couple side projects where I talk about, you know, not so terrible stuff, um, musical source material and just, you know, whatever, um, you know, I think is fun and cool as far as, you know, music as applies to theater, movies and film or movies and television. That's neat. Yeah, I just feel bad because there's a lot of terrible uh, musical theater based productions. So and they seem to keep making more of them. Yeah, it's just... as long as Hollywood keeps cranking out new stuff, there's always going to be some bad, <laughs> bad content. <laughs> there's the rare good one, but the, it, it tends to it tends to be more of a miss. But you know, there's some there's always some good little gems that you can find here and there, which we appreciate. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I just I, I just wanted to say like before we go into stu- stu- um, things too much, I just love because people put put them on the bootlegs on YouTube, and the bootlegs are always like the best names ever. So that are yep, like the slimes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so they'll get, the they'll get like some weird um, synony- syn- synony- synonym, you know, version of the title, or it's like you know, evil green witch slime, uh, slime tutorial or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen one for Wicked. It was just pink and green slime tutorial. <laughs> yeah, that works. And or, or bug man and goth girl. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think it was yeah, yeah, Mugman and Goth Girl go on adventures or something like that. <laughs> it was kind of something like that. I'm like, not wrong. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I do. I, I, it's funny that in the in this era of COVID that it seems like 
the slime tutorials, I should say, have been kind of the saving grace for a lot of people who have not been able to go out and see shows, even though it's kind of like, you know, don't do the bootlegs, don't do this. It's like, go see the show, go support well, the show. Yeah, that's su- the thing. Like- I mean, you know, if you're going to, you know, price uh, musicals, you know, out of the range of, you know, a large portion of the populace, they're going to look, try to see it any way they can. Exactly. And and I think that's what was really great because I did get to see uh, Beetlejuice last year um, mm-hmm. on Broadway and it was uh, um, unforgettable. Uh, but the fact was that their ticket prices were like the most affordable you could get. And I think that was the smartest thing they did was because they knew that their demographic coming in was going to be the crowd that was not, they're not going to pay $500 a ticket for right. the, for to see it. And at the same time, the vibe of the musical, the story is so... It's, it's so much more aimed at like it's they try to aim it at like the younger audience that it's going to be like okay so it's going to be the millennials it's going to be the gen x gen y whatever they're going to be coming yeah. in and they're going to be like you know this is the kind of show that they want to see and they're not going to be spending 500 dollars to see it so yeah and to and make, a, to you know, make sure it's a bigger audience yeah and there's always the stuff like the lotteries and the student rush but that's a really limited uh portion of the tickets so mm-hmm yeah, so I mean, it, it, so at least rumor has it that Beetlejuice may be making its comeback on Broadway once Broadway comes back to life again. It's uh, possible. So. Um, I think regardless of what happens, we're probably going to see a tour. It's definitely going to have an excellent regional and uh, school production life. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, you're definitely going to see a lot more of it in the years to come. One way or yeah, another. they already got the. Yeah, they already got the. Um, they already said that I think South Korea is already going to get a production. They're going to be the first international uh, performance, I guess, uh, that they'll that they'll get. So then, and then I think after that is West End. But uh, but yeah, South Korea is getting it first. So that's cool. Um, and, speaking of uh, ticket prices, this is totally random. But um, Lauren or um, Diva, do you know what the starting price? Their starting price for Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark was just to, as a point oh, of comparison. God. I would, you know, it's, um, uh, it's hard to find, um, anything much lower than triple figures okay. anymore, mm-hmm. uh, for full price, even for balcony. Um, you know, maybe you're looking at 75, 80 for a uh, first run show starting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, that, but that, again, that there's, sense. but again, um, you know, that's a uh, base price. You get discounts, you get, um, the TKTS booth in Times Square, where you can get day mm-hmm. of tickets at a severely re- at a very reduced cost. So um, it's not the only option available. Yeah, there's there's all yeah. Well, there's a will, there's a way, and um, but yeah, it's 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 yeah. Ticket prices have gotten way too ridiculous for Broadway shows for most of them anyway. Mm-hmm. That's why with uh, again with Beetlejuice they were the exception. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Yeah, it's even the nosebleeds are kind of ridiculous, yeah. depending on the shows. So, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. Why did you bring up Spider-Man? Turn off because the I was just like, what's a bad musical <laughs> that they might have oversold like in every album? <laughs> so I was just curious. There was, you no, know, just... Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark. Even if it had been successful, it was going to take it years to, you know, yeah. turn profit. So. Just but just from the over just from the nature of the production, it was so mm-hmm. um, involved in tech heavy. 
Yeah. And on top of that, it's just like almost like they should have been taking the signs that with all the people getting hurt and all the bad things <laughs> happening during production, maybe, just maybe it was yeah. a mistake. Maybe. As long as we're on this <laughs> tangent, there is a fantastic book out there called Song of Spider-Man that tells you all the behind the scenes stuff of how this production happened. And it's fascinating. It's like the disaster artist Ooh. Broadway theater. I highly recommend and I lo- it. Oh, and I loved and I and I did and I did read the disaster artist and it, before he even seeing the movie. So I'm all about that kind of stuff. So I'm going to yeah, have to check this I find out. behind the scenes stories fascinating and you know when it is that kind of train wreck it's even more so. Mm-hmm. Especially when it, it seems to almost come from like there is that genuine place like they're trying to make something good and be serious oh, yeah. about it. So it's like so you then you know that like they tried to put effort into it and it just when it just crashes down so hard. But um <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what and again that's um, again, I was the just, room. this that's is, makes this is totally random but speaking of disaster artists like Lauren you know Tommy was so like in normal times does LA Comic Con every year so if you ever I'm not to surprised meet there, so. <laughs> um but uh but yeah it was uh yeah it, the room is like one of those kinds of special things where again it comes from a genuine place where somebody thinks they're truly trying to make a magnum opus and it yeah and it bombs and uh and again that's kind of like what when you see <laughs> this is, and think what's kind of nice about those kinds of uh, musical or theatrical or even cinematic travesties. It's kind of nice yeah. that uh, we have them to, because then you can appreciate the effort that goes into it. And they're like, here's how to not do something. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But we can still appreciate it anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, uh, so speaking of travesties. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, that's a good segue. <laughs> um so how about that grinch musical on nbc uh Uh, that was a thing that happened (laughs) oh i should just preface with this with the fact that um as lauren told me before in the beginning of the week for those of you who okay now i want to want to (laughs) now you're actually cutting out (laughs) oh okay uh let me try reconnecting to the call don't worry we'll fix this okay oh now she went out is that better oh no Yes. Okay. Yes, I can hear you. All right. If so that... where were we? Okay. Anyway, I was You're... just saying, I was just explaining for those of us, for those of you guys who want to follow at home, as we talk about this musical, it's available for free on NBC's streaming service, right? Like called Peacock. It's on Peacock. Yeah, it's on Peacock. Yeah. It's also on the NBC website. It basically they're making it a hundred percent free to watch. So probably the only difference is if you paid for ad free or whatever on Peacock that you probably won't get ads. But uh, otherwise, you even with ads, you get to watch it a hundred percent free on Peacock. Can I just say that's such a smart move? Like with all the <laughs> like accumulation or the accumulation of like every st- streaming service now and then Paramount just launched is launching theirs with the iCarly reboot or whatever the hell's going on with that you know to make it free makes sense because then people are like why not versus just like i'm already paying for disney and netflix and my mom's netflix you know i don't know (laughs) yeah but yeah it it it's yeah it's available on peacock so if you haven't watched it yet first of Mm -hmm. all i don't know why you're here uh we're gonna be giving our (laughs) thoughts on it um but even then, if you've already seen The Grinch, it's this isn't spoiler territory because I mean the show pretty as much is play for play the the, the traditional story of The Grinch, uh, where it's even pulling from the uh, from the animated special. Yeah, but, and even a little bit from uh, the which when was the Jim Carrey movie two thousand from that yeah two thousand yeah two thousand. 
I yeah. was where I, if we want to pull like I guess the fourth wall breaking and the and the where are you Christmas song, but I think mm-hmm. that's a. I'd say that's about it. I have to believe that the fourth, you know, you know, I've never seen this on stage, but I have to believe that fourth wall breaking is something that happens in the stage production because this is really that the type of show where you would do that. This is, you know, Mm -hmm. something that uh, repertory theater will do, you know, around December. It's a silly fluff show, you know, that you're getting the family audience in, you know, it's not a big deal, but you know, some, you know, it's like, an hour and a half where you can get um, a lot of people into the seats and they can have a good time at Christmas. Right. And so that's how I, yeah, of course, NBC every year does a musical uh, to broadcast like that. And they do always do the fourth wall breaking, like mm-hmm. even, and and it's funny as I look back on this, somehow I see Peter Pan Live as a way bigger disaster than The Grinch. This is, defini- is, not this is definitely not as bad as Peter Pan Live. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, everybody was everybody was actually invested in their roles, and you didn't have like the Christopher Walken who was sitting there, you know, reading the cue card off the camera and skip and missing his lines. Which, I mean, to a degree, I'm like, it was kind of like so horrible. It was actually kind of like a beautiful disaster in yeah. that he just did not give two shits about what he did. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> and. Especially with the tap dancing scenes where they're like, clearly that's just dub tapping. He's yes. not actually dancing. And <laughs> um, but and I guess with like the Grinch, it's like when they try to have those the the when they try to have the moments where it seems like there's going to be audience interaction and stuff. It it didn't. I don't know. I don't know if this year left me jaded or anything like that. Probably, but yeah. <laughs> it was like any time in the in the interaction tried to happen between the Grinch and the audience. It just didn't seem to hook me, and I think it's yeah. only because I see it as him trying to do the genie bit uh, of trying to interact with the audience. Like, if if you've seen even the Broadway version or even the uh, California Adventure version of, of, of the Aladdin show, rest in peace, um, that uh, the, uh, the genie would try to do audience interaction or do fourth wall breaking and modern jokes and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And maybe that's just what rubbed me the wrong way about this Grinch and I let it slide for the the for Jim Carrey Grinch because at the time he, his take was new on the Grinch right so nowadays it's like okay it's been there done that but I was still interested to see what Matt Morrison would do with it and yeah let's I guess we can start there let's talk about the casting <laughs> for this show I like my yeah <laughs> I'm not sure Matthew Morrison was the best choice for this role. I mean, obviously they (laughs) wanted to get, you know, name recognition in there, but, um, you know, I, this, I'm not entirely sure what he was trying to do with it. I mean, sometimes it was like he was trying to do the Jim Carrey wacky thing. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it was almost like he was trying to be sexy with it. And sometimes (laughs) it was like he was trying to play this big, uh, music theater anti-hero role, uh, leading man role and I was like what are you doing I was just as confused on that as well um especially when he would just do so much of the camera mugging I'm like please stop yeah. uh and, and he would try to do it with a breathy voice and try to I'm like are you trying to flirt with the audience because I'm not yeah, here for sexy <laughs> Grinch I am not here for it yeah at all. doing like those little hip waggles you know and you know, <laughs> they've all got like these big hip suits because you know yeah. Dr. Seuss's characters they do kind of have that pear shape about them Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah he's doing that and you're like what are you doing stop it <laughs> and i'm like in, in in before all of the comments of saying the grinch is dummy thick like i'm <laughs> 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 internet 
Now, I gotta wonder, like, how, like, did you guys think maybe COVID affected the casting? Because, like, not that, not to shit on Matthew Morrison, but I figured if they're really trying to go for, like, a really big name for for this to bring the people in, I mean, I think Matthew Morrison is mostly known for Glee, correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't think Probably mainstream, really, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's been really, I mean, you know, I don't know him that well, but um, I don't know what he's been doing sensically and um, this, for instance. So, like, maybe Diva, do you know something? Not off the top of my head, no. I know he's been in stuff, but... He, he, yeah, cause, I mean, he does he, the he is, Yeah, because, I yeah. mean, he is a stage performer, and that's, and, and so that's why he was brought into Glee in the first place, mm-hmm. but it, but... In the end, yeah, as of current projects, not sure what he's been doing as of late. Um, but, I mean, obviously he was, you know, I, I could tell he was, like, he was trying with the role. But at the same time, he wasn't yeah. sure what he was trying with, you know? Exactly. It's like he was putting effort, but, but he had a million different directions that he was trying to go in. And, um, I mean, there were, and especially when it was just, like, I don't know. Yeah, again, really breathy. I was not a fan of him constantly breathing down. It seemed like every time he would sigh, it was, like, breathing down the neck of everybody, and I did not, I was not a fan of that take. No. (laughs) So. You know, it's personal preference, but, you know, I'm very old school with the Grinch. You know, I'm all about the Chuck Jones with, you know, you have Boris Karloff and Thurl Mm -hmm. Ravenscroft doing the singing. So, you know, I kind of like that nice, deep voice for the Grinch. Um, When this Mm -hmm. was on Broadway, uh, the Grinch was played by Patrick Page, who um, Mm -hmm. anybody out there who's um, listened to Hadestown, he's he's, Mm -hmm. uh, played Hades on Broadway, so... Basically, Obviously, he has that same, that. you know, <laughs> that same, you know, deep floorboard rattling tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, and a whole bunch of people were wondering why they didn't go with him anyway for this production, if they were going to go all the way. But right. I guess, you know, one, it depends on if they just say yes, and mm-hmm. two, it's like, I guess, I don't know if they were just trying... Again, I guess they were trying to bill Matt Morrison because he's younger, but I'm like, the whole point is is that it's supposed to be like he's this old, grumpy Grinch. Right. So actually, I'm like, why not have him be old? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's, you know, listed as 53 in the text. And, and, you know, like, you've and got Matt Matthew Morrison. That, so. Yeah, you've got Matthew Morrison dressed up with, with like this Karen hair on him. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? I was trying to find a name for that, and thank you for that. So, so. I, it's not. I didn't come up with it, but somebody said it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. The Grinch is definitely wanting to speak to Christmas's manager here. <laughs> I mean, and on top of that, there's a whole scene of him walking into a department store. Like that doesn't help. That was stupid. Like, that, yeah, like, that was that was like peak awkward. He's got like this weird cowboy hat and glasses, <laughs> and then he starts doing this Texas accent and from Houston. Uh, yeah, uh, and he's, it almost sounded like he was trying to do Donald Trump at one point. There, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, especially, I sat there. I'm like, was. Was that a joke? Was that a reference to something? And I'm just missing it because the accent's so bad. I mean, <laughs> and so, again, he's trying, but we just don't know why, what direction he was trying for. And right. Especially when it would change from scene to scene. And uh, that's not a good thing. You're supposed to commit to one thing, and you've had to commit through it all the way through. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was... Yeah, it, but what I can say is, for the rest of the casting... 
I, w I didn't really have any issues with the rest of the casting. I mean, Cindy Lou was, I thought she was precious. Little kids playing Cindy Lou really so. was cute. Um, we had, uh, you know, Dennis O'Hare playing, you know, the older Max the dog, who's the narrator. Mm -hmm. um, you know, which is, you know, he's like the old narrator role, so... Yeah, he's allowed to break the fourth wall because that's what—that's yeah. part of his job. So, yeah, and then uh, as young Max, they had uh, Boo Boo Stewart, uh, who is uh, Jafar's kid in the Descendants series. So, oh, that's that's right. Shoot, wow. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I basically you you have like some really talented people in there that are trying with their roles, and so yeah. Again, it was. But just, again, I guess it was... you know, at it's at heart, this is this is a silly fluff show. I mean, it's not anything mm -hmm. particularly groundbreaking or deep. It's silly fluff. Yeah, yeah. So, it, and and on uh, top of that, there was also uh, I kind I kind of dug the whole pop up set design. Like, I think the, the only thing that bothered me was I the top of that tree was cockeyed. Yeah, the top. The best part I think of this is the set. Because if you've ever mm -hmm. seen uh, Dr. Seuss's, you know, original book, you know, you think of the Grinch as being green and all these, you know, different colors, but it's very basic. It's black, white, and red. And that's mm -hmm. what they did with the set. And it's very simple. It's very, you know, picture book. And it's a really good contrast because they do have all these bright garish costumes. So it keeps things from becoming too noisy. Mm hmm Absolutely. And um, if I remember correctly, uh, Chuck Jones, it's because of Chuck Jones's cartoon. That's why the Grinch got his green color absolutely uh, at all. And saying because he asked, because he because he asked uh, uh, Geisel about you know what what color the Grinch was because he's like, well, I have to do something about it. So what am I going to do? And he's like, I don't know. And so they were like throwing colors around. And he's like, why not green? Because I see green as like a contrast to the red because it's mm -hmm. like Christmas. But then it's also because it's a disgusting color. Like anything I associate with, like it's yeah. a bad car. It's turned green over time, and yeah, or it's a bad coat. Like it's like <laughs> well, yeah. Well, when you add it to his fur, it gives him kind of this moldy look. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's like and in contrast with every other who that looks like more like a I guess you could say more like a human. Where it yeah, seems like they're they, like more they're, peach tone. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, so I mean, that's why I think it's. Uh, it, it was great to see, though, that they kept that whole black and white aesthetic as a, mm -hmm. as according to the book for the set. So I thought that was really cool. Again, yeah. though, the one little thing that always... I know it's because the tree is meant to curve a little bit, but that little topper on the top of the tree being cockeyed the whole, the whole show, just like... <laughs> I'm like, going to be like, no, it's not. Go either bend that tree all the way, but don't just have the tree stand up straight and then tip the top like, oh, see, it curves. I'm like... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> i know nitpicky but you know <laughs> no i was the only thing i was nitpicky well i was i was nitpicky about the tree sure i guess uh but i was also nitpicky because uh cindy lou who's hair was pink and not blonde and i was like re but that was, that was <laughs> it really because <laughs> is, yeah, is it blonde in the book it's, uh, the thing is well it's like it's like you know a little black um top dot in the book so okay Unspecified. Again, yeah, okay. again, the color again color schemes very limited because he did this in the 1950s, yeah. and mm -hmm. you really could not do uh, full color printing in an uh, economic manner back then. Yeah, and on top of that, it would be really, really expensive to do a bajillion colors to print. Mm -hmm. uh, it, 
it's it, at, especially at that time. So, yes. um, so at the time he was like, okay, I got a limited color palette. I'm going to work with that. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what stuck. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, a lot of that, the super colorful aspects of, of the Grinch came out of the, of the Chuck Jones, uh, special. Right. So, because again, he was working off of pretty much black, white, and red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, uh, so that's that's what he was working with and so he had to kind of invent a lot of that a lot of the colors and color schemes uh and of course with his team with background painters and and designers and they all had to figure that out so but that is what the reason we have so much color now in any other adaptation of the grinch right um i mean even in the muted tones if we're looking at the ron howard version (laughs) but Mm -hmm. uh but yeah I think we're going to probably so, touch on every, like, version of the Grinch anyway. Because unlike the Christmas Carol, <laughs> there's only, like, five, comparatively, so. Right. <laughs> so far. So far. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, so we kind of already talked about, like, the casting and, and then a uh, set. But um, I, I guess we could talk about, in general, the costume design. What did you guys think of how the Grinch in particular, how his, bod- how his like, the bodysuit was handled? Like, I mean, I feel like they kind of were close, the but it was the makeup. Because I could yeah, it's, me off. <laughs> it was kind of halfway there and halfway not. I didn't care for the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was. It, it, and plus, on top of that, it was just like makeup can sell so much more. Mm-hmm. And the makeup just. Uh, and when they said, oh, it took him three hours to get into all of this. And I'm like, really? really? Three hours to <laughs> yeah, do that? Yeah, seriously? <laughs> Jim Carrey did not suffer through prosthetics for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's got, I mean he's got like green paint with a lit with some you know detail on it. Uh, got the bodysuit and the bad wig. Yeah, I'm like that took three hours. Really? All right. Okay, you like, do you. I guess. I, I guess they were, as far as the paint job on his face, I thought it was kind of weird because I guess they chose different um, different tones of green to like show an array, but it just like. I don't think it matched really well with the actual bodysuit, so yeah. that also bothered me. And yeah. it was almost like they didn't want to make him too hideous or too too ugly. You mean they they tried to Gerard Butler him? Essentially, yes. <laughs> we gotta we gotta get our sexy Grinch there for that demographic. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> some somewhere out there, there's a crowd for it. But you know what? Ugh. Not part of it. Yeah, <laughs> the internet. But, you know, if you you know Jim Carrey had all the prosthetics. If you look at like the original Broadway makeup, there was a lot more you know like uh, you know wrinkles and stuff painted mm-hmm. in. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm like, why they couldn't do that is beyond me. Um, I don't know if it, again, maybe it kind of like what, what KP brought up earlier is that maybe it had to do with COVID. I don't know if it meant like you couldn't spend as much time on, on makeup or something like that. I don't know. But I, don't know. Uh, but I, I, I feel like that sh- still shouldn't, that still shouldn't sacrifice quality. Pro- yeah. You know, it's, it's, right. It, 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 I mean, you were already tested. You're already in there, obviously, able to work together. So, I mean, go all the way or go home, I guess. Uh, It's just when you half-ass it, especially for TV, where it's not only um, for the television, but high-def television, where cameras are in your face versus a stage production where if at least you're far away from the stage, you can still, as long as you can identify what character is which, even from the nosebleeds, that's that's right. passable enough, you know. 
but when you're looking at high definition, high quality footage with cameras in your faces for the entire thing, all up close, then yeah, people are going to see that it's not good. So yeah. <laughs> they're going to nitpick. Um, but I mean, like, and again, all the other costumes seem to be fine. Like, I was fine with them. It, again, yeah. it, when I thought, you have somebody like... Yeah, I thought the Who's makeup, I don't know if it was just me, but it looked like it was kind of inconsistent. Like, yeah. some of them did kind of have, like, the little turned up nose like they did in the 2000 movie. But, you know, mm-hmm. some of it was just like they had, like, little a little bit of a clown dot at, on the tip there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me wonder if they said who's okay with prosthetics and who isn't. <laughs> it's basically let people pick. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but it's kind of funny, though. It's just like that didn't bother me as much. And I guess it's because I'm, I am I was thinking it was almost like the Cindy Lou uh, uh, rule where all the adult, it seemed like almost all the adults had the prosthetic noses in the, in the Jim Carrey right. one. And she had a regular little button nose. Um, and it's almost like they grow into a nose or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, they they do reference like that vaguely. The other thing is something I didn't get. Speaking of costume design, um, so the green-haired duo, the little person and then the regular person, but they were all the same outfit. Like, yeah, there was, was like the, a couple uh, of random oompa loompas there for no reason. <laughs> like I, they they just I guess they were supposed to be just stagehands, and that's what they Possibly. added to the show. I'm like I guess they were supposed to be like the PAs that help with. <laughs> Are they the, like the PAs that help with coffee runs and all that stuff? Like I don't know, maybe get get Max's doggy bones in between breaks. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> That's how I saw it. I guess well, there that was like was that one scene in the store where they were like the clerks or the employees or whatever. But that's mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, I thought I they were they doing were also, like. Go ahead. I was gonna say I think they were also it's because it was a smaller cast that they're trying to make use of these two people as much as possible mm-hmm. <laughs> wherever they needed more people. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm assuming that's what the case was. In, besides having them be like you know the extra the, the stage hands so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I thought at first with the because they were in the they were in the opening, um, or when they were in the opening act, they were still there. I think as regular Hughes. So I thought mm-hmm. they were doing like a a son a son father kind of thing, but right. then they kind of kept on reappearing as the stagehand. So I was just like, I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know what, <laughs> why why you guys decided to do it this way. But it could have been any like random who with like a funny stagehand outfit. Like it didn't have to be so specific. But. Right. Yeah, especially when they're, I mean, I know all the Who's are brightly colored and all that stuff, but they were in very obvious outfits where it seems like almost like where if they're going to be used in every scene, it's almost like they had to, I, I, maybe it's because they had to avoid costume changes because they weren't going to spend enough money to, to, to do costume changes for them to change in every scene. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, when they're there, those bright primary colors in between scenes, like again, I know it's supposed to kind of work if you were to apply them to the stage musical, but for for up close, it just I don't know. It's very distracting. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was <laughs> yeah. I was kind of I I kind of got them, but at the same time, I was kind of still kind of like, do we really need them there? Unless right. they're yeah, you know, they're just extra people to use in scenes to help fill up the scene. Did you guys like uh, the two Maxes as the framing device? Because I thought that was kind of like confusing a little bit it was especially since they're interacting with each other yeah a lot 
I mean, if it's, yeah. you know, if you have old Max, you know, in his little chair, you know, telling the story and young Max, that's one thing. But they were dancing together. They were doing the Grinch song together. There's one scene part where Matt, little where Max is looking in the mirror and old Max kind of pokes his head bu- up behind him. And it was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> Turn around. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking of that too. Just like imagine, just like seeing an older version of you behind you in the mirror, and I'm like, I'd freak out. <laughs> it's like, who the hell are you? Um, but it was, yeah, I was, I don't know. It, it was, it was kind of confusing to have them interacting with each other again. Like when he's when you see him watching his own flashbacks, you get that. Right. But when they're dancing together, you go, okay, where's the line drawn then? <laughs> right. Um, and then you think about, okay. Also, the fact is uh, that that Max talks in the show, and the Grinch acknowledges that Max talks. Right. So now Max is a talking dog. I wasn't sure if I'm that so was confused. something. I'm so confused. I'm like, okay, so then does he talk to everybody, or does the Grinch? Is the, I guess it's like Stewie rules, where you're like, <laughs> do, 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 does everybody understand him, or does one person understand him? And meanwhile, we're kind of like the, that part of that small little bubble of people because the audience can hear him, but nobody right. else can. Like, I don't know. It was kind of confusing. I'm like, so is he, does he sound like a dog to everybody else? I don't know. I feel like a lot of problems can be solved if he's already a talking dog. But, you know. know. Yeah, they did acknowledge it when Max first started speaking a little bit. Like, the Grinch was like, oh, Max, you can talk. And I'm just like, oh, I guess, like, and then they never bring it up again. So I was wondering, like. At least, I thought they were at least going to um, ramp it a little bit more. Like, oh, I'm not, I don't remember you talking so much or something throughout the the run, but they, they did it. So, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or they could have gone producers like, Max, I never thought, I never knew before. You have a lovely singing voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's like but... this, the entire opening scene is like Max telling his backstory. Yeah, I'm like, like you know, you say, I know we need filler, but I don't I was think born. anybody was asking for like Max's history as a puppy. Yeah, I was kind of like, I mean, sure, you want to have him as a puppy and as a moody ass teenager, fine, but <laughs> it doesn't exactly. He's not our focus of what this is. Just filler, right? So, I'm like, we don't need a backstory on the dog. We get he's no. a good boy, and he we get he's in a in a rough situation. Pardon the pun. Uh, uh, I'm leaving. But, no. <laughs> but um oh it's like you think bat puns bad wait till you hear some of the jokes in this show Uh, (laughs) there are are yes yes virginia there are fart jokes in this grinch (laughs) and it had to do with freaking lactose intolerance apparently Uh, yes like uh, oh god it was i'm like at the very least I'm thankful it was only one. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. But it was just like, and then the whole thing of like, I was a reckless, you know, social distancing before it was cool. Ah, uh, like, yeah. I was this like, was, Ugh. I'm like, okay, read the room, Grinch. Read the room. Really? <laughs> <That's> not... <laughs> Any other year when we can look back on some of the stuff and, okay, not laugh, well, but that, not and I, We played out social distancing <laughs> jokes, like, sometime by, by June, I think, so. Yeah, so, and I'm, like, thinking, I really, I was, I'm, I'm praying Matt Morrison was not the one who shoehorned in that joke. Ugh. I'm praying it wasn't, but if he was, 
<laughs> um, yeah, speaking of that, like, I got the feeling that this wasn't played towards a crowd, but it was also weird that they didn't add, um, it felt kind of weird that they didn't add any, like, applause or anything in post, because it just made it feel a little bit, like, off-putting. I don't know how else to Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to remember if other productions had had added, like, even if it was canned audience, I didn't know if they added that in. I can't remember if they did before. I just remember a lot of awkward silences, so I don't think there was. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would Especially... like, if... go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I was, I was thinking back to, again, we're going to keep bringing this up because Peter Pan live. Uh, just, <laughs> like, I just remember so many awkward pauses and moments where I'm like, I feel like they could have filled it up with some audience reaction, even if it was canned. Uh, but they didn't. So I feel like, I don't know. But again, I guess even this year, if they tried to do canned audience, I don't know, maybe people would have been like, oh, is there an audience? And like, no, there never is. It's literally cameras and and camera crews. That's it. (laughs) (sighs) Um, I guess um, the other thing that bothered me a little bit is... um, I just I complained to Lauren about this like before I asked her if there was a love interest in this mo- in this special and she said <laughs> no I'm like that would have that would have been a lot but anyway um the pacing was kind of weird like I feel like Cindy Lou Who wasn't really established as a separate character besides like just generally nice efforts the Grinch like as much right. as as much as people like don't like the 2000 movie at least it kind of establishes that she's kind of odd in like comparison or in comparison to the other who's and like she's mm-hmm. making the effort versus everyone else here that's well yeah the, uh, they kind yeah. of they kind of half-ass it on this one because there's um you know she talks about you know she talks about wanting to know who the grinch is and she like tries to make a nice sign for him but like it gets messed up and he takes it the wrong way and mm-hmm. so it's you know it kind of they kind of st- start at that but then it doesn't really go anywhere Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just divert back to her being just like how I want to say it's almost like how they divert her back to Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, not Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and and how he is just a generally good child and like has no flaws and is just good and wholesome and pure, and <laughs> just like um and has no like is really like a foil or anything. It's just kind of like. I don't know. It was, yeah. I feel like again, where I don't care. I don't care how many people complain about the Jim Carrey one. Is that at the very least? Yeah, you're right. It does show that that Cindy Lou has more depth to her character in that she is the oddball. Mm-hmm. And in meanwhile, yeah. they they are very quick to dismiss it in the musical here, uh, or at least in this production of it, because it's like she, they were like, you know, oh, you don't want to hear about him, and then it's like, oh, but I want to but I'm sure he's lonely, I just want to be nice and they're like, you know, oh, well, that's very nice of you and then, okay, move mm-hmm. on, like yeah, like they still acknowledge she's being nice by acknowledging him so right. it's like, there really isn't much to go off of there they really could have pushed on the whole Ron Howard version of it, but and made it a little bit more interesting but you know again like we're gonna say it's a fluff show i'm yeah. not gonna get too deep on it but yeah, yeah. they probably you know. should have established her more than max the dog but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes let us hear about the dog and how he grew up and had a very normal puppy childhood and a very normal <laughs> angsty teenager phase weird <laughs> right this <laughs> weird like... do like, like dogs nothing... even have teenager phases like is that like a scientific thing 
I mean, they can be hormonal, but it, in terms they, of angsty, I'm not sure. I think they do have sure. a form of adolescence. Yeah, I mean, they do they do have booty phases, but they are, but I can't say if it's like really angsty. It's just mostly hormones. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, growing pains, but uh, but yeah, it 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 was just like yeah, I felt like it was a lot a lost opportunity with Cindy Lou, especially when she's the one that. Besides Max, who's supposed to be a dog and not talk, but uh, <laughs> is that they could have had it focus more on, again, Cindy being that one link the Grinch has to the Who's. Right. Uh, yeah, Max isn't that. He's his only friend, sure, but Cindy is the only other instance of a possible friendship, at least you right. know, the way the show presents it at first. So it's like, why not focus on her a little bit more? And they didn't. It just... Yeah, lost opportunity. So, follow-up question. Does Max the dog talk in the original production? Uh, as far as I know, yeah. Okay, I was just yeah. curious. I think it's just because of the way that they carried it out for TV. It just, I don't know. It, mm-hmm. it felt like there was just still too much focus on him, especially when he's used to fill up the in-betweens as they cut from commercial breaks and cut back mm-hmm. to right. the show. Um, that it seems like we see more of him than we probably would in the Broadway show. So yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and we see, and he is always speaking in that you know fake Seuss doggerel. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I think that's what the thing that annoyed me the most is you know when you have a Doctor Seuss adaptation, you always get the writer who thinks that they can imitate Seuss, but it never sounds quite right. <laughs> you know, yeah, they just kind of a- have that kind of you know loose sing-songy cadence uh, with couplets at the end that, you know, mm-hmm. don't always fit together. And it's like, yeah, I see what you're going for, but no. <laughs> it's time to stop. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, there is a certain, there is a certain cadence to Seuss's writing that is very right. hard to replicate right. It and is. And so, I mean, again, I give credit for people who try, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that we're going to say, oh, good, good job. That sounds exactly like him. Yeah, it's like it's it's, it's something that's decept that is deceptively um, simple, I think, in that it looks mm-hmm. like, you know, very basic. You know, he's got funny words and, you know, plays with language and it's kids stories, but it's, you know, actually, you know, pretty well crafted poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, and again, it's like in the way the way it's if you read it out loud, it has that certain rhythm to it, right? And, cert- and uh, it just it's very hard to replicate. Yeah, if it can be at and all. And that's the thing he was, and that's the thing he was helping out with the Chuck's Jones version, which is why it's so seamless with that because he has a lot of added dialogue in there, and I think he might have did the lyrics to the Grinch song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's it it all fits together, and this you know you can hear it, and it's like, okay, yep, yeah, that's from the book. That's not that's <laughs> yeah, especially because the yeah. book is so short. It's like the well, same, yes, yeah, yeah. You can only do so much with you know a very short picture book, basically. Uh, but it's um, yeah. It, it, it is blaringly obvi- obvious whenever it is something that's new. Right. Um, and it, it is distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if they're trying to make it, especially if they're trying to make it jokes about something modern and new 
that comes from today and they try to fit it into right. the show and then it's like well we know we know he didn't write that we know it, it was nothing that was relevant to his writing style at that time so right. it's like yeah it's yeah i mean again we 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 acknowledge that there was that they tried but it is something very difficult to do without his involvement basically which right. you know is kind of impossible <laughs> right now so are you telling me uh, that Dr. Seuss didn't write Sexy Grinch, like, for the masses? <laughs> <laughs> you did, no, he didn't write the social distancing lines. <laughs> or the fart joke. No. Or <laughs> the stupid fart joke. I would just, like, mm. sigh when I'm just like, come on, guys. Like, I hate your couch. Oh, oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just, like, oh, my God. Like, I know he's trying to break the fourth wall, but it's... Mm. Just kidding, I love your couch. And I'm just like, what if I'm not this sitting is my on a Emmy. couch? Yeah. This is my Emmy. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. He's like doing it. He's like, you know, doing the joke where he keeps doing curtain calls and there's no applause and no audience. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this was probably funny when you had an audience and they could interact with this. But, mm-hmm. you know, we, this it's just awkward. Way, that uh, was another was thing staged. that that was another thing that bothered me about it was the cinematography the cinematography of this because it's there are certain things like there's reasons where you know when characters leave stage left stage right or something they're supposed to you know not be seen mm-hmm. meanwhile you have all these camera angles that where he's supposed to be walking off camera or at walking out of sight and that and what sells the joke is that he comes back into frame Right. But the camera keeps looking at him, and so you see him heel turn and come back to do it. Right. And it's not as funny. Right. It's even funnier if he, if he disappears and then comes back, because then you're not expecting him to come back. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, you know, they're keeping him in the frame, and you're like, okay, you're going to do the joke again. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're doing this again. Okay, yeah. now we got the note. We can move <laughs> on. Yeah, and... and and especially when he says the line, I was just kidding, I love your couch. You know, he's saying that to the camera, but the camera's not, he's not looking directly into the camera when the angle is showing him right. from a three-quarter angle. It's like, no, you're supposed to cut to the next camera. Switch cameras. <laughs> camera three. Go to camera three. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was kind of, a, kind of a mess at some points with the cinematography. And again, it was because these are TV crews that are used to filming for TV. And it's right. just like... And you're trying to direct it for something that's meant to be on a stage that has only one direction that people are looking at. But, yeah. <laughs> no, the, I think the thing that was really trippy for me was the scene when he was supposed to be sledding down to Whoville. And they had all the, like... The yeah, most, then like, they had, like, the projection screen. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm like, what is... Like, at least, like, put him, like, at a third quarter angle or, like, something more. So, you know, there's a progression to where he's going. Because now he just, like, I don't know where... Is he coming towards me? Is he going to make another fourth wall <laughs> joke or something like that? That was a little bit weird, um, personally. I mean, again, that's probably that's something that would have worked better with with an audience. Because he's coming towards the audience or something. Or maybe right. they could have done the, that acute thing where, like... He walks out off stage and then he comes back in the audience and he kind of like slay, slays down or comes down <laughs> the, the stairs or something like that. Like right. some sort of like, um, like there's actually movement going on instead of like fake movement. So I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it, meanwhile, I kept thinking with the projection of them, you know, supposed to be flying down the mountain and stuff like that. All I could think of, he's he's going to hit ludicrous speed. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just, it just seemed like this, uh, you know, yeah. like, kind of like a, Mr. Like a Max, walk three, thing. please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it just seemed like some like a weird like hyperdrive looking thing instead of actually movement. So I don't know. It just it was it was just it was just kind of goofy. And again, it was like especially when they they I I don't know how expensive it would have gotten to get a giant fan to do any of this stuff. But when they have him like when they have to simulate wind and they have somebody behind like that would have been Matt, cute. Like when yeah. Especially because when Max is like we're supposed to be, like when you have old Max or something, he has this the scarf around his neck, and you see it waving, but then it cuts away, and you see it's the you see it's the stagehands fl- fluttering his, <laughs> his scarf, and I'm like, you really couldn't have gotten a fan, really, <laughs> or strings, something. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I and mean, they could have had a joke about like his hamminess, like where he's there, he's too far away from the words he's too far away from the current and like he wants them to he like beckons them to come close and he's like yeah no, stop, and then stop, it would be funny good. to have him come in exactly it would he actually would have been even funnier to be like when he realizes that it doesn't look windy enough and he's like you know get get in here and they, they move his scarf that would have been funnier than just having right. him there but <laughs> yeah it i mean yeah it, it's just it felt like a smaller production and it was so it's just I guess they were they were doing what they Did could you guys do. believe the relationship between the Grinch and Cindy Lou Who? But because I thought it was kind of weird when she like said she had a nightmare about the Grinch, but the song is still supposed to be warming his heart or something like that. Yeah. Just not really that was a bit the odd. Fact. Yeah. I thought the nightmare was weird too. Like, why was she having a nightmare about the Grinch if she's like, "I want to make friends with the Grinch"? Is it because mm-hmm. the the is it because everybody else seemed to plan it in her head that that he was the, this awful, ugly thing, and that's what she thought of? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like I thought it was very. I wasn't expecting it, especially with especially with Cindy Lou supposed to be the the one friend, you know, to the Grinch. Right. So it's just. I don't know. Yeah, I expected a line like, it's like, oh, I I know I'm having a nightmare about the Grinch, but he's not so bad or something like that. And that Mm -hmm. would have been much better than, like, because I just didn't believe the relationship for the rest of the the thing because, oh, I love you, Santa, except the Grinch. He gives me nightmares, except, oh, you're the Grinch, actually. (laughs) It's fine. Right. Yeah, I guess they only did it to just create unnecessary drama and especially just like it was like again it's like the third act rift that you see in so many stories saying like there has to be an issue these characters gotta have an issue they gotta mm-hmm. have an argument and go their separate ways and then they'll come back at the end right and make, and make amends i'm like i guess that's what they were trying to do uh with that part and it really bothered me because i'm like i'm so sick of that trope yeah <laughs> and and i guess they uh, yeah i guess they only did it because they wanted to make sure it wasn't some like you know one direction like oh he's just automatically gonna be friends with with cindy lou but i think it would have sold just fine without the nightmare because he's already the grinch and she's already a who it's already unusual for her to want to be friends with him so it's and he's already got his own hang-ups about being friends with a who and stuff like that like or at least potentially liking a who of right you know being like you know i'm supposed to hate these people and yet there's this one kid why can't I, you know, why can't I be mean to her completely? Right. <laughs> so, um, 
and I guess they wanted a reason to keep the song going because then he has to stuff the tree up the chimney. Right. So <laughs> right when he's about to say, you know, I'm going to return the tree, and then they have him go, well, never mind, you're mean, and then <laughs> right. <laughs> So I guess that's what they did is they try to keep it going with the song, but um, I don't know. It bother it did bother me that nightmare scene because uh, yeah, it didn't make any narrative sense. Didn't need right. to be there only to create a third act rift, and and even then she doesn't even know it's a rift. So it's only for the Grinch to know, and for her to not even realize. So I don't right. Yeah, I think this relied way too much on people's knowing of the original story versus, like, a new experience. Right. Like, I would have been confused if I was just, like, watching or being exposed to the Grinch the first time. Especially, like, again, that scene in the um, the toy store. Like, I got mm-hmm. that it was supposed to imply that, you know, the Who's aren't about the presence and, like, the Grinch here is only part of it kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's still kind of, like, besides the whole Texas Grinch thing, which I don't understand at all, but we've already talked about that. Um, Right. It was, like, I feel like that could have been cut, you know? Like, we could have had, like, a throwaway line, like, um, you know, even sooner than that, saying, like, I know, you know, we we get presents, but it's not about that, or, like, the mom character talking to that about Cindy Lou Who or something. So, I didn't, I don't know, do you guys feel similarly, or, like, how did you feel about that scene besides um, Texas Grinch? I thought it was a bit odd, because it looked like there were some times where they were trying to go for, um, like, the 2000 movies uh, subplot of the Who's being, you know, too caught up in, like, all the holiday hustle and bustle because there's like mm-hmm. one time where you know Cindy Lou's trying to talk to her mom and mom's like I can't I got a million things to do and then you know they have like the store you know the big you know store crowd mm-hmm. um you know and going crazy every time there's a sale but uh it uh, not much really ever came of it I mean yeah. they had you know they got all their stuff ho- stolen they had a sad song and then they hu- and then they hugged and they were and they were fine mm-hmm. yeah I and again it's like I, I I did like about the Jim Carrey Grinch was that it had commentary to make, especially about like the commercialism of Christmas and how it seems to have lost meaning because it's all of the heavy marketing and the merchandise and right. the toys and everything that it's all lost on the Who's. And I kind of like that that was a darker take saying that they've lost the sense of what it means to celebrate Christmas. Right. And, and Cindy Lou is the only one that's kind of like, doesn't this seem off? Doesn't this seem like kind of hollow? Because right. I'm not feeling this. And so, and again, it accentuates her being the oddball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, and again, again, it's kind of like, I, I know people have issues with that movie, but at the same time, at least narratively tries to do, do things differently and tries to give contrast between... It, it, you know, between Cindy Lou, between the Who's, and between the Grinch. Right. And, and the Grinch also just hates the whole aspect of it just being about it's lovey-dovey, which he never gets right. that lovey he, he, You know, he felt love, and then he was crushed because people rejected him. And then he uh, hates the commercialism aspect of it because uh, he says uh, people only care about objects, they don't care about each other. Right. And so it's like, so I'm like, how can anybody actually be mad at this version? Because I'm like, <laughs> it's got things to say. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and especially with the whole, where are you Christmas thing? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. 
That was it, it odd felt... because they used that, you know, for, you know, when the when the Who's wake up and all their stuff is gone. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you listen to the lyrics, that's not really what, it, what the song is about. Exactly. It's, it's about, just... you know, I thought Chris, you know, I, you know, I thought I got Christmas as a kid, but now I'm growing up and it feels different. Um, it was just, you... I don't know, like, I didn't really think about that till now, but it's just like, oh, no, we don't have yeah. to write at least one song. We can just rip it from this other thing. Context yeah, with this, that, you know? This score, this is a very weird score for this type of show. Because, again, it's a silly fluff show, you know, you'd expect something like, you know, Alan Menken, who did a version of The Christmas Carol that also gets trotted out a lot this time of year, or maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, Stephen Schwartz. Um, We've got stuff that's, you know, kind of almost sounding like it's coming from, you know, Sondheim's more esoteric shows. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why, why are we doing like this odd, you know, odd harmonic stuff? You know, this is a kid's show. Yeah. Yeah, this is and, this is the show this is where you want people to have, you know, the fun catchy melodies that they can come out humming. Yeah, and it just was not it it, it just yeah, overall with the music this time around maybe is because it just didn't seem as memorable this time around. I don't know if that helped uh, that was because of the cast and the overall production because I mean, the whole picture does play into the memorability aspect of the music as well because the performance is going to sell it right Right. and this just overall just didn't it didn't latch on for me it it i mean there were a couple moments i thought oh that's a little catchy but it's nothing i'm walking away from and 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 really tapping my toe to Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all know the Grinch song, so it kind of felt like, okay, yeah. well, we're going through the numbers here. We already know this one. Uh, and, uh, the, and yeah, the, the, the improper placement of Where Are You Christmas, um, yeah. especially when that's supposed to be kind of like, a, it was better for Cindy Lou to have that number versus mm-hmm. adults because because Cindy Lou is the one growing up and she's the one that's facing a world of uh, that's a facing a world of change or things that have changed from what right. she used to know and she's also coming from an innocent aspect of, yeah. of the innocent perspective of being a child and facing a whole thing of where she's changing and the world is changing so uh so why they didn't give that to Cindy Lou I don't I don't know and especially when yeah. after their stuff stolen and she you know and she does the whole I'll give him what for? Hey, yeah. I'm like, if you knew <laughs> Wait, who what? it was, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're supposed to be this nice, sweet little girl, and you're just like, I'm going to give him what for? I'm like, um, <laughs> what if that, what if yeah. that been a fun twist if there was like a fight sequence at the end between the Grinch <laughs> and Cindy Lou Who? <laughs> Street Fighter Who Village. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's all we need is a Grinch Street Fighter edition thing. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, it was, there was so much of this where I'm like, it just did, nothing really latched onto me as memorable. Yeah. And, and It was just kind of like almost, meh. Yeah, it was. It I was, watched it, it happened. Yeah. I'm like, and that's where I said, even with some of like the, the worst productions, <clears throat> Peter Pan, uh, that... <laughs> You kind of remember that it's because it's so bad. You remember the bad stuff, and you're kind of like, okay, but it was funny how bad it was. Right. And, um, and meanwhile, I'm like with like uh, the Wiz a while back. That was a that was good. I that really was good, liked yeah. that. I'm like, 
oh my god they actually did something competent and they treated the show right good yeah so <laughs> but then you have uh but then you have something where it falls in the middle and you're like okay there's some bad aspects to it but then there, the rest of it's kind of just okay um yeah it's just yeah it's just it doesn't leave any huge impact and i guess i don't yeah, maybe I mean, because we've heard the story of the Grinch so many times, but then again, we've heard the story of Christmas Girl so many times. I guess it just is, what can you do different with it? And right, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I will say I was going to make this note, but then I forgot. But like, I will say as far as the Illumination Grinch that came out is probably it's the most recent movie version. If you don't mm-hmm. know what things are. Like, the big off-putting thing for me about that was not so much the visuals, because the visuals are great, but, like, Mm -hmm. uh, they made the Grinch too soft character-wise, that the Grinch song did not work in in the Grinch movie. So at least this one didn't have that problem, you know. Right. You know, at least the fart joke kind of did something, I guess. (laughs) That's... (laughs) Like, did it need to be in there? Absolutely not. But hey, is it one of the things we'll remember? Absolutely yes. (laughs) Um, From the gifts. (laughs) With both old and young Max falling over, I'm like, okay, I had to kind (laughs) of, I had to kind of laugh that it made both, (laughs) both versions of Max fall over. Um, But... (laughs) A fart so bad that it yeah <laughs> it, 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 it traumatizes your time. future self. <laughs> um, that that could have yeah. been another fun oh, yeah, twist sorry, that Max was a time traveler and that's why he was like <laughs> back to the featuring between the that original story. So right. What yeah. were you gonna say, Lauren? Uh, no, uh, yeah, I was. I, th- I guess overall, I was just gonna say yeah. There were the. There was, even with some of the bad stuff that happened in the other productions, you kind of remember that stuff. There wasn't enough for me to, like, remember much of this performance. And right. I don't know, maybe it is also because this year has left a lot of people jaded. And maybe it is the story <laughs> we've heard a lot of times and we want to see a different take on it. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, a couple days before this, I watched um, the Christmas Carol Live, which is uh, the one-man version done by uh, Jefferson Mays. And, you know, again, that's mm. another story that's been done over and over again, but it was absolutely fantastic. So, no, ser- yeah, like- so seriously, that's what I would recommend instead of this. Um, another <laughs> one, if people haven't seen it, um, Jingle Jangle on Netflix. Uh, Ooh, it's very cute. That. Yeah, it's a very cute Christmas story. Uh, main cast is um, all black. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got Forrest Whitaker, uh, Felicia Rashad, Anika Noni Rose. In it. Is that the uh, one with Key and Peel in it? Yeah, yes. uh, Key, oh, and Key and Mike. Yeah, Key. Yeah. 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 But yeah, and, it's uh, got fun music. I mean, it's got that you know peak, you know stylized Victorian holiday aesthetic, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I'd watch that instead of this. <laughs> yeah, and as much as it's not really a, a musical, but also go watch Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> just like because that's an animated holiday movie only came out last year but it was a long time in the making really good really good christmas movie definitely check that out as well anything but the grinch special (laughs) exactly Uh, anything but the grinch musical special go check out the the boris karloff one and go check it yeah go yeah get up your old um you know dvd or file of the you know chuck jones cartoon yeah your legally obtained file you know it's (laughs) (laughs) And I was also going to say, uh, 
that's right. I did have some things to say about the the Illumination Grinch. Where yes, uh, I cannot deny it is a beautiful film. Like looking in terms of like it, they did a good job in modeling and 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 animation and rendering and just making it very colorful right uh but that's kind of what comes with the illumination territory is that a lot of their stuff's already very colorful they're very good at that and that's fine so uh but uh but when it comes to the story and the characters and just and especially you had freaking benedict cumberbatch as your right. as your Grinch, he he can do a Boris Karloff esque voice. His natural speaking voice is pretty much that. So right. why they told him to do a nasally American accent to sound like he's just I don't know. I don't. I don't. It just boggles my mind. You had this top billing guy who's genuinely extremely talented and can do vocal impressions of any sort, and you have him do that. <laughs> It was just it, it it annoyed it annoyed me so so deeply and uh and just the way they make him they made him too clean like yeah they said they made him too soft too clean his teeth yeah. are pristine white so you can't have the song fit him saying you got termites in your smile yeah and you literally you, you literally you know you don't have to even polish them they're they're so bright white um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I just have uh, flashbacks to that weird subplot in the Illumination movie with, like, the mini reindeer or whatever, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, the, the reindeer that was there and didn't need to be there, but he was there. Yeah. For merch. Yep. Just yep. a big, it's so fluffy, insert Despicable Me joke here. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be on brand, I guess. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, for... I'm like, you know what? I'm going to say it. So even the people, if they're going to be mad at me, go watch the Jim Carrey Grinch too, because you know what? You're going to need variety of these Grinch things. <laughs> I, and, I yeah. like the Jim Carrey version. Like, I get why yeah. some people don't, but I, I generally I, like it. I love it too, you know? It's like, uh, and again, I'm like, is it perfect? Absolutely not. But I, I definitely watch it anytime it's on TV. Like, At least you know, the right. Grinch is in character, right? <laughs> And, yeah. Jim Carrey, and Jim Carrey's Grinch is kind of what I envisioned of a Grinch. He's kind of he's disgusting. He's a recluse. He's bitter. He's angry. He's like yeah. dis- and, like and he like he lives literally in a pile of trash. I kind of like <laughs> I'm like you know what I'm kind and and yet and yet he they with all the moments they spend with him where they probably allowed Jim Carrey to ad lib a bunch of stuff. Right. Um, is that it? Kind of was a delve into his psyche which was kind of great and it just where he bounces between what a normal person would worry about like you know it's oh i got a you know dinner date with myself can't cancel that again got down size at <laughs> <Yeah>. six like <laughs> and then also going am i just eating because i'm bored and he's just chewing on a glass bottle like <laughs> <laughs> i'm like it's it's freaking funny and um uh, and a great take on the grinch so i you know you know come at me haters i don't care i will defend it um because <laughs> it's a it's a great take and and at least memorable too it was one of those grinch takes that was highly impactful on how right. anybody would see the grinch going forward that they're like okay he's kind of disgusting and gross and and he's a shut-in right so yeah and then <laughs> and it's kind of funny that he, even though he goes out into the who's world in apparently not only the, the the, the Ron Howard version, but also the 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 Illumination one, and in the musical, at least right. this this take of it, at least when he's in the in the Who's world, 
uh, in the Ron Howard one, he's causing havoc. He only he's, he's right. going out there and he's being a disgusting mess and he's deliberately <laughs> being a troll and just a chaos demon. Meanwhile, it's like you have the illumination. He's like, oh, he eats a pickle, spits it back out in a in a jar, and then just is just a, a regular Oh no, the nuisance. chaos! Like, <laughs> yeah, like just a regular nuisance in a. And then this store, one, like, you know, he just shoplifts some uh, sewing supplies. Yeah, like ooh, so scary. Uh, <laughs> gonna poke watch me. out we got a badass over here uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was yeah like there's so many other takes on the Grinch and this one was just overall not memorable to me I mean yeah. was it passable yeah decent enough it was harmless enough but in terms of actually leaving an impact I feel like it just it left so much to be desired <laughs> I just think of that stupid like I guess they added in a p- in post as an After Effects effect, but when the Grinch's heart is growing, like, there's no... <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what, was that, like, CGI? Does he have, like, a thing under there? What's going on? Yeah, I'm like, they just took the inflate tool on After Effects, and they just target... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, because it only shows up, like, twice in that moment, yeah. where it's just at two different intervals. That's it. And so, that, so if you're... It's a blink and you'll miss it moment... But yeah, I'm like, really? I, who who did this in After Effects? Who did this in post? You couldn't give him like, like yeah, a thing that like inflates. Like it's not that hard. Like somehow the Jim Carrey one figured it out. Which was even funnier that they what they did his heart growing three sizes is that they did the, the literal like heart shape of like it's you know the artsy heart shape, not like an actual human heart shape. Right, com- popping through his his fabric on his suit i'm like you couldn't you couldn't even do that i know it would have looked cheesy but hey come on it's a fluff (laughs) production you could have at least tried with that i don't know so diva um not to beat a dead grinch but do you have any other general holiday (laughs) musicals you want to recommend before we um we we i guess end the the thing Um, or whatever i think i about covered it um you know i love nightmare before christmas um, I wasn't a big fan of the film version of Menken's Christmas Carol with Kelsey Grammer, but mm-hmm. um, the stage play itself is pretty decent. I'm sure we'll see that again, you know, once life gets back to whatever, to normal-ish. Mm-hmm. So. Normal-ish. Um, and then, are, go ahead. Are there Lauren. any, I was going to say, are there any movies that aren't technically holiday movies, but you sometimes watch around the holidays that you would, that you recommend? Um, can't think of off the top of my head. Um, you know, I like a lot of people trot out, uh, you know, the good, the good old comfort classics this time of year, sound of music, singing in the mm-hmm. rain, you know, stuff you like to sit around, yeah, sit on the couch with your family and a big bowl of popcorn with. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta love the classics. All right. Yeah. I think it was like even this year, um, I even showed my dad sing in the rain for the first time. He really? hadn't seen it all the way through. Aww. Yeah. So and he loved it. So I'm like, yeah. Uh, let me let me just say, HBO Max is one of the best investments I've <laughs> ever made because <laughs> I have all of the TCM classics there. So I get all of my my movie musicals there, um, and uh, yeah, absolutely love it. Um, T- totally so I got my random, next... but did they did they remove Gone with the Wind um, from that? Because I know, uh, yeah, I guess they, I yeah, I guess they did. I mean, it really <laughs> didn't last very long on the service because they Oof. said it was like not even a month after they launched it is when they removed it pretty much so yeah. um but i was just I mean, curious 
Yeah, no, I mean, they still got a huge library of other movies, so uh, honestly, I guess the uproar didn't last very long over that, but right. I don't know. Shrug sigh. Okay, I was I was just curious. So, Diva, for people who don't know um, your work and where to find you on the internet, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, under Musical Hell uh, website, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Tumblr, uh, and I've got a Patreon. So just Google Musical Hell. I'm sure you'll find me. Yay! <laughs> Give me money. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, I guess we can wrap. Um, do you guys have any other last things you want to say? Nope, just uh, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks yeah, for absolutely. coming. You it was were a, fun. It, it was an honor and a pleasure to have you. And I, having, I've followed your work for a while, so it was really, thanks. I was really excited that you wanted to yeah, do Yeah, Lauren this too, was very so, like, excited. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, 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 it's been super fun. So thank you so much for joining us, and especially for something as, uh, as momentous as <laughs> NBC F- having a Grinch. for Christmas. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So... I guess I'll do my my regular outro stuff. So if you're new to the podcast for some reason, uh, we have tons of backlog at this point. I think this is episode like late 30s. I can look it up later. It's it's fine. So um, there's plenty of <laughs> we'll things. Just, we'll with... just say it's 100 because it feels like <laughs> <laughs> it's like maybe like almost to 40, not 100. We haven't we haven't been doing it for that long. That's a that's a no. Lot. I know we've been tr- we've been cranking this. Uh, we've been cranking all this year on tons of episodes so we've been yeah, trying to so, keep up on the schedule so <laughs> it, yeah mostly art and animation so if you want to learn stuff or you want to listen to people complain about their lives then that's welcome to it <laughs> and then obviously watch the main channel stuff as usual um analytics are kind of weird um post pony stuff but i just finished recording um a rudolph script that is seven pages long so that should be out um next <laughs> week of this recording or like the week after before christmas ends so please watch okay. that. Tell it, show it to your friends. I worked very hard. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> but next week, uh, Lauren and I will be covering just general Christmas movies, and I will watch Klaus for the first time. I promise. So uh, <laughs> even though I should have done it last year, because but I'm I'm a bad bean, so it's fine. <laughs> um, so happy holidays, happy like third night of Hanukkah. I think it's the third night. Um, I can uh, like, second. I, well, uh, we're doing this on the 11th, so I, th- or, so I think it's uh, yesterday was first night, so second. Yeah, yeah, you're right, because, yep. Anyway, so happy second night of Hanukkah. If you Google, there's some really cool menorahs. Um, you can get some Mickey Mouse menorahs or something. Um, and we'll see you next week, unless you're watching this later or sooner or whatever. <laughs> Basically, so, we'll see you next episode. We'll see you whenever <laughs> you feel like it. <laughs> or you'll listen to us whenever you feel like it. It's fine. All right, bye everyone. See you next time on the internet, I guess. Happy holidays, everybody, and until next time. Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication.